If you see Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the long prophesied about one, if you see his claims as being true, as the prophecies spoken over him and before he came in earthly form as being true, that changes everything. All right, well, hey, as Pastor Tim said, my name is Pierce Vanny. I'm the pastor of young adults uh, here at Summit. Uh, we have a great ministry, single young adults, 18 to mid-30s. Uh, just a great group of young singles that love the Lord. Uh, and this church gives us the opportunity uh, to minister uh, to young adults in that way. And so it's just a, such a great privilege uh, to be able to do that and such a great privilege to be able to bring you the word of God today. So we're gonna be wrapping up our Do You See What I See series. And we're gonna be looking at this sort of obscure guy. His name is Simeon. And he has this powerful and awesome interaction uh, with Jesus Christ. And God gives him an awesome promise that ultimately he fulfills. And so we're going to be in Luke 2, 25 through 35. So go ahead and turn there or get on your phone. Go to Luke 2, 25 through 35. And we're going to get going for today. So just a reminder, Pastor Tim, on Christmas Eve, he covered the shepherds and the angels and the rejoicing and the splendor and just the awesome moment it was uh, for the shepherds and angels to be rejoicing over Jesus Christ at his birth. So it was last week, some time has passed, and now we have Mary and Joseph trying to obey the Mosaic law, taking Jesus into the temple and offering a sacrifice. At the same time, you have this character, this older man, Simeon, who's led to the temple as well, and God is going to do an awesome work in that moment. So let's jump in here, and we'll go with our first point. It says this, uh, wait patiently for the Lord and his plans and timing. So the first point is this, wait patiently for the Lord and his plans and timing. And we'll be in verse 25. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now I don't know about you, but if I had an introduction in the Bible, I'd want this one, all right? Uh, I, I don't know if any of you are mentioned in scripture, I, I, maybe your name is, uh, but Simeon has this awesome introduction by Luke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It, it's such a profound statement of who this man is and his love for God. And so I want an introduction like Simeon, who is righteous and devout. He loved the Lord, and God's like, I'm going to make that abundantly clear. Simeon wasn't the wealthiest man, he wasn't the high priest, he wasn't anybody of great repute probably in the world, right? But God saw his heart, and God knew his heart, and knew how he loved him. And he's like, this Simeon is a righteous and devout man. And he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. What that means is he's waiting for the Messiah, the long prophesied about Messiah. Hundreds of years, thousands of years of prophecy, right? All of that is coming to pass here in the coming of the Messiah. These prophecies of this one to come, this one that would mend up the brokenness of Israel, one that would provide salvation and hope to this world, this promised one. And Simeon's like, I long for that, Lord. I long to see this Messiah. And it says something at the very end that we probably don't take much consideration for being believers in this time, but it says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So keep in mind, this is pre-Pentecost. This is pre-Jesus Christ going to the cross, raising again, ascending up to heaven and saying he's gonna send this helper. 
We as believers get the continuous and ongoing sense of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave us, but in the Old Testament and in Simeon's day, the Holy Spirit would rest upon somebody, would speak to somebody and move in an instance. And so you're gonna see some awesome things here because the Holy Spirit is moving and speaking to Simeon throughout this passage. You can actually see the Trinity. You can see God the Father. You can see God the Son. Jesus Christ is this baby. And you can see the Holy Spirit all working together to bring this awesome culmination of promise and fulfillment here. All right, so let's move on to uh, verse 26 here. It says this, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came into the Spirit... He came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. So get this, Simeon, this righteous man, this man that is seeking after the Lord, probably yearning and saying, Lord, I I would just long to meet the Messiah. I would long to be alive during the time of the Messiah where you're bringing this all to pass. And God, through the Holy Spirit, is like, You know what? We're going to reveal some things to you, Simeon. Before you die, you're going to meet the Messiah. Before you pass, you're going to meet the Messiah. And I'm not putting a specific time on that. And truthfully, in the life of Simeon, by the context, he was an old man by this time. And so he may have just lived a lifetime waiting upon the Lord. It's not like Simeon's like, you know what? It'd be nice to meet the Messiah. And then that night, the Holy Spirit's like, you know what, before you die, you're going to meet the Messiah. And the very next day, it's like, hey, go ahead and head to the temple. It's not like that. Simeon had to learn how to be patient. He had to learn how to be receptive to the Holy Spirit. He had to learn to wait on his God day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out, decade in, decade out, waiting a lifetime for God to fulfill the promise in his timing and his will. You know, you see Simeon here, he's being faithful to God. He came in the spirit into the temple. So the spirit leads him to the temple. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit and God himself is working through Mary and Joseph to be obedient to the Mosaic law. And so God is bringing to culmination and fulfillment here this moment of celebration that Simeon isn't really ready for. He doesn't know what's gonna happen. The Holy Spirit's just like, go to the temple, Simeon. It's finally time. I can't believe the number of times that he might have heard, not yet, Simeon. Not yet, not this year. Not this decade, Simeon. And now he's excitedly going to the temple. And you have Mary and Joseph also obediently following God's law and God's plan. And God is gonna do an awesome work as they meet together. Do you see God setting the scene here? He's setting up this awesome moment for these characters, for these people to interact in an awesome way that's gonna encourage all of them. I'm sure all of you have had to wait for something before, right? Maybe you're in a season of waiting on the Lord, waiting for the Lord to do something you desire. Maybe it's a godly longing and you're desiring for him to to do a mighty work in your life even. Like I said, Simeon had been waiting a long time. He really had been seeking after the Lord even when there was silence, even when the answer was not yet. He longed for the healing and and the mending of the brokenness of Israel 
the healing and the mending of his own heart. And yet year after year, it wasn't there. Yet Simeon remained faithful, seeking the Lord. You know, in our waiting, sometimes I'm not the best waiter. I look at Simeon and I say, I fall short of this. Sometimes in our waiting, we're like, Lord, just bring it to pass already. Just get it done. Why is this taking so long? And we allow anger and bitterness, maybe even hatred, maybe resentment into our lives as we're waiting and we're like, Lord, this isn't fulfilled the way I want it fulfilled and the timing I want it fulfilled or even according to my dreams or wishes. And maybe even when God fulfills it, we're like, finally, about time. Maybe you're not yelling like that like I am. Maybe you're just saying that in your heart, right? And we lack patience. We live in a culture in a time that lacks patience. We want everything instantly. Two days for Amazon is two days too late. I want it now, right? We want everything instantly. And we're lacking and losing our patience with our God who is working in his timing, an eternal timing. That's not the case for Simeon. Simeon responded immediately and obediently. A lot of times in scripture you'll see God move and God speak and the person's like, yeah, just give me a sign. Or just say that again. Or they're lacking faith in this or courage in it. For Simeon, he's like, let's go. I'm going to the temple. You said go to the temple. I am going there and I'm going excitedly even though he had been waiting a lifetime. So the question for you is this. Do you have a heart like Simeon? Or is your heart more like, finally, about time, when are you going to work, Lord? How are you doing at, being, at waiting and being patient on the Lord, about being receptive to the Holy Spirit? You might ask, that's great, Pierce. You bring up my own sin. Now I feel convicted. Oh, great. What do I do about that? As I was studying this passage, I thought of four ways that we can wait on the Lord, how we can be patient and be receptive to the Holy Spirit. So not the only four ways, but just four ways that I thought up. And so the first one is this, super complex. Talk to God about it. We did an awesome series on prayer this fall. I hope you're able to join in for that. But talk to God about it. Yes, he knows your heart, and yes, he knows your mind, but he longs for you to bring your struggles and the things you're longing for and your challenges and your heartaches, even sin struggles to him. It doesn't have to be some ornate prayer or something super fancy. You can just come to your Lord, say, Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I'm longing to see this. Lord, it's so hard to wait. And he hears us and he knows our hearts. You know, we can read this passage in under a minute but we cruised over a lifetime. We cruised over a lifetime of waiting for Simeon. We're just like, yeah, it's sort of easy. It happened so quick for Simeon. Not not the case. He waited a long time. And I don't doubt being a righteous and devout person, he was constantly going to his God saying, Lord, when will this time come? May we adopt the same heart. The second helpful tip is walk in trusting obedience. Walk in trusting obedience. Simeon was given this awesome promise 
This promise by God that, you know, we actually have the opportunity for. If you want a real encounter with Jesus Christ, with the Messiah himself, you can have that for yourself today. For those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can have that. So we already sort of get Simeon's promise, but Simeon was waiting for this Messiah to come. And he could have let that consume his life, like, I am not going to worship, I'm not going to seek the Lord until he delivers on this promise. Maybe that's us. Maybe that's our own heart. Like, Lord, yeah, you'll get my full worship, you'll get my full praise once you deliver X, Y, and Z for me. Is that your heart? Simeon wasn't there. Simeon said, in spite of not receiving this promise yet, I trust the promise giver and I'm gonna worship him with all that I have. He didn't let that consume him. Really this interaction here, and I'm not a mathematician, but it was like 0.01% of Simeon's life is this passage. He lived the 99.9% of the rest of his life as best as he could, not perfectly because he's human, but as best as he could for the Lord. And when the Lord brought that promise to fruition, when he answered that prayer and said, the time is now, Simeon, Simeon's like, yes, awesome, let's go. I'm going in obedience. I'm an old man now, but Lord, you are so good and you are so faithful to answer your promises. Third little tip or hint here is be receptive to the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. This might be a tough one for us. I'm gonna preface this with a couple of things about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit never leads us into sin and the Holy Spirit never contradicts God's word. So if you have somebody coming to you saying, hey, the Spirit led me to sin or go against God's word, that's not the Holy Spirit, okay? We're good? All on the same page? Okay, awesome. So the Holy Spirit convicts and guides and leads us makes us more and more like our God, like the sanctifying process of us becoming more holy and more like our God is entirely a work of the Holy Spirit. We couldn't do it on our own. And so as we're receptive to the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit's convicting or pressing in something, are we being receptive? Are we listening? And is our response like Simeon's where he left immediately and he did so obediently? Is that our response? Are we just like, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I know you're pressing this in in my life, Holy Spirit. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to follow that. May we be like Simeon in being receptive to the Holy Spirit. And then the last tip or hint is this. Live by God's timing and plan, not your timing and plan. Live by God's timing and plan, not your timing and plan. You know, oftentimes we're not going to know or understand God's will or plan for our lives. He's made some things abundantly clear in his word, but sometimes we're going to be confused. And sometimes we might even set out in our own dreams and hopes and ambitions. And I don't know if you guys have done this. I do it all the time. And then I look back and I'm like, hey, God, can you bless that? Can you bless this path I've already started down? That's uh, sort of a dangerous road to go down. Instead, let our hearts and our minds say, Lord, I want to invite you into this moment. I want you to, to invite you into this decision and, and what I'm seeking to pursue. Lord, would you be in this? And really, would you change my heart? That's a hard prayer to have, but Lord, would you change my heart that my will, my dreams, my wishes, and my timing are turned over to you? That it would be your will, your dreams, your wishes, and your timing for my life and whatever I'm setting out to do. I know as I do ministry to young adults, we talk about that a lot. 
We can get ahead of ourselves. Even in doing ministry, we can get ahead of ourselves. And it's like, I'm going through all these plans and all these things. And then on the backside, I'm like, Lord, please bless what I've already set out to do. And God's like, that's not the plan. That's not where we're going. You're going to be disappointed. You're setting some expectations up of me that aren't fair or true. So let's live by God's timing and plan, not our own. Point two, watch carefully for the power and presence of Jesus in your life. Watch carefully for the power and presence of Jesus in your life. We're going to be in verse 28, just the first part, because there's some transition that happens that I want to talk about uh, and some awesome play on words that Luke uses here. So it says, he took him up in his arms. And we're stopping there. I know that's not much to go on, but there's a transition. So Simeon is over here. He's like excited, like, Lord, let's go. This is so exciting. Like I'm here at the temple. Now show me what to do. And the Holy Spirit must have led him and convicted him and shown him, hey, see that young couple over there with that baby? That baby's the Messiah. All right, so you have Simeon there, and then you have Mary and Joseph entering in, seeking to fulfill the Mosaic law. And they're coming into the temple, and maybe they catch the eye of Simeon, this really excited older man. He's very excited, obviously. He's waited a lifetime for this moment, but they don't have a clue who he is. And so you have like Joseph looking over to Mary, hey Mary, do you know this guy? Who's he? He's really excited to see us. He's waving and excited. And I don't know who he is. It's like, is this your uncle Abraham? No, it's not my uncle Abraham. Oh, he's coming over. And Simeon, excitedly, as an old man waiting a whole lifetime, right? Can you imagine fulfilling a promise? He's like, yes, I'm coming over. I'm so excited to see you guys. And I'm sure there's a little bit of trepidation on their part to be like, we have no clue who you are. And at some point, Simeon maybe calms down a little bit. And he's like, can I hold him? Can I hold your son? And Joseph, as the good husband, I've learned this, I have three little boys. Joseph, as the good husband, leans over to his wife and says, is it okay, honey? Can we give the baby to the stranger that seems really excited about our son? He seems safe. We're in the temple. Like, we should be good. She said, yes. And so Simeon takes Jesus up in his arms. And that's where we get to that in that passage. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened. That's what happened in my own mind, okay? Uh, And so Simeon takes baby Jesus up in his arms, and Luke uses a play on words here. The taking up in his arms, yes, it's the physical taking up of Jesus in his arms, but it's also a spiritual accepting of the Messiah. He has a spiritual moment here as he recognizes that God's promise is fulfilled. I don't know about you, I I am a parent, I've held young newborn babies, maybe you're a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a friend, that's held a young newborn baby. And so Simeon's here like a proud grandpa. He's not a blood relation, but he's holding this baby and he's looking into this baby's eyes. And if you've ever done that, you're like, man, this is the hope of this family. This is the next generation, right? This is the legacy of this family. And there's such joy and hope and excitement about that. Now imagine Simeon who's holding this baby And God is revealing these awesome truths to him that this is the Messiah, this is the one to come. And yes, he has a future hope for this family, but he has a future hope for our nation. He is going to bring our nation back together. He is going to be a light and a witness and salvation for this world. Can you imagine as he looked into this baby's eyes and like, man, there's so much promise in you. I'm so excited about what God is gonna do in your life. 
I'm so excited about who you're going to be. Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, the Messiah that's long prophesied about to, to come. What a moment that Simeon has here. His response is this, and get this, his response throughout this whole passage is worship. Keyword is worship. Beforehand, he's worshiping, promises giving, he's worshiping, and his waiting, he's worshiping, and his character comes to play in this big moment. Through the Holy Spirit, it says this, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Lord, now you have come. Lord, you have fulfilled your promise. It's not that Simeon was like, hey, I'm longing for my death, but he's like, God, your promise is true. Your promise is fulfilled. If that's all there is for me, Lord, you are good and I worship you. As this awesome moment of worship, he had clung to that promise for so long and the truth of God and who he is for so long. Now he's like, God, you are so good. This is such an awesome moment. Such an awesome time. You know, in this moment, Simeon not only sees the redemption and salvation for his people Israel, right? He actually sees the salvation and hope for this world. That's Jesus Christ. He is the hope for this world still today. I read in uh, one of the commentaries I was uh, reading to prepare for this message, and it said this, God revealed to Simeon that Israel was not the terminus of God's revelation, but the conduit of God's revelation to all humanity. Israel wasn't the end point, but God was using Israel to bless and to pour in promise and truth and to raise up a Messiah through Israel that they might be a light and a witness to the world. That salvation might come through Israel, but that this hope would be spread to the whole world. What an awesome truth and hope we have. You know, Simeon's window, like I said, was very small to experience this awesome moment that God had ordained. You know, I think about Simeon and I think about how responsive he was to the Holy Spirit and I think in my own life, as the Holy Spirit's convicting and calling and pressing something in on my own life, how receptive am I to that? What could God do in the moments where it's like, man, there's a little bit of conviction or a little bit of guiding if I actually listen to him? Maybe we'd experience a lot more moments like Simeon had as all the characters in this moment, Mary and Joseph and Simeon are all acting in obedience to God. They all have a deep love for God. Simeon rested in the promise maker. Our God is unchanging. His promises are always true. They will last for all eternity. And so here today, the question is this, in our longing, in our desires, in our wanting to see God move in our lives, what promise, what truths do we need to hold on to? What promise of God do we need to cling to? You know, we've gone through a whole year here almost. What promise is something that we need to hold dearly to our hearts in the midst of this? That's what Simeon was clinging to for all those years. And I'll tell you this, God always fulfills his promises. He is so good to us. May we trust in him. Our third and last point. Be prepared to marvel as you see Jesus work. Be prepared to marvel as you see Jesus work. It says this in verse 33. 
And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Isn't the reaction of Mary and Joseph so great? We sort of read this passage, maybe already knowing what's gonna happen, but this is the first time they're hearing it. They have this older man, Simeon, who's like, man, I've been waiting a lifetime to meet your son, to meet this Messiah. And they've had these interactions uh, prior to that where the shepherds are coming and rejoicing and celebrating. They have the angels singing and rejoicing and they have angels appearing to them. And we may say, Mary and Joseph had it pretty easy. The answer is they didn't. You know, if you lead up to this point, I don't know about you, but I would not want to have to go to a, on a long, long journey in the middle of winter with a very pregnant wife. Not my ideal, idea of fun. Uh, I think the drive to the hospital was enough for me. All right, that was like five minutes. But they have this long, arduous journey with a very pregnant woman to go to a, a town far away. And there's not a hospital there and she's going into labor and there's not a house available, not a hotel available. And they sort of settle down in a barn. They settle down in a shed. They settle down with animals. And Joseph becomes the, the doctor or the midwife or whatever you want to call him, and he delivers a baby. I'm sure that was terrifying for him. I've never delivered a baby. I don't plan to. I'm sure that was quite the experience. And then they wrap him in swaddling cloths, right? And they lie him in a manger, and it sounds all nice and good, but that's a food trough. That's where they feed animals. And any of you that are farmers in the room know you do not put a baby in the food trough, okay? It's dirty. Animals are dirty. And so they've had, they've had a tough walk. And even indicative of this passage, just prior to this, they offer this bird sacrifice. And you're like, what's the big deal about offering a bird sacrifice? Why are they offering it for Jesus, right? Well, that would mean that they're a, a poor family, their lower income, they couldn't afford a nicer sacrifice, and it was allowed, and it was still a, a holy act and a good act, but they're just a tough, working-class family just trying to make it, and God is revealing and providing grace and love in the midst of their walk, revealing truth each and every moment, and so in this, they respond, and they just marvel at what God's doing in their lives. He didn't make them wealthy but they were people that loved the Lord. And so if you're here today and you're like, I'm just a humble person, Jesus chose humility. He chose a humble form, a humble beginning. He chose humble parents. They weren't the wealthiest or most famous or anything else like that. But the mark of Mary and Joseph, they loved the Lord and they sought after him. Such a statement. So it says here, uh, Simeon, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, reveals even more about this son of theirs. There'll be a division of those that love Jesus and those that don't. That's still true today. In Jesus' day, that division got really heated. It got more and more. The Pharisees, if you remember them, they're the religious elite. They're the people that are supposed to be welcoming in Jesus as Messiah. Instead, it's little-known Simeon that's doing that. But the Pharisees confronted Jesus and tried to get him trapped in his words. They threatened to stone him and beat him. And ultimately it led to the crucifixion, right? I can't imagine that moment. And here Simeon says something to Mary. It's going to be like a sword piercing your soul. 
I don't think any of us can fathom what Jesus Christ went through for us on the cross. The humiliation, the beatings, the suffering physically, emotionally, and spiritually for us. Him for us. If you got nothing from Christmas, it's him for us and we can have salvation and hope through Jesus Christ if we put our faith in him. And I can't imagine as a parent seeing people do that to your child. Mary, who's privy in on all of these things, that this is the Messiah. My son is the Messiah to come, but he's also my son. To see people do that to your child on the cross. And she's like, no, you don't get it. This is my son. He's such a good man. He's so honorable. He's done miracles. He is the Messiah to come. He is fully God and fully man. What are you doing? like a sword piercing her soul on a lot of different fronts. Such a moment Mary had in that, and it's prophesied about here, about what, that would, what would come to pass. Simeon also said the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. The thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. There will be those that see Jesus Christ as Messiah, about this long prophesied about Messiah that is to come. And many will say, no thanks. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in seeing Jesus Christ as having any power in my life. Because the truth of it is this. If you see Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the long prophesied about one, if you see his claims as being true, as the prophecies spoken over him and before he came in earthly form as being true, that changes everything. There's such huge implications of us seeing Jesus Christ as Lord of our lives. And so there will be many that worship that say, you are Lord of my life. You are the Messiah that was prophesied about. And there will be many that turn from this Messiah, Jesus. You know, Simeon was ready to see God move. Mary and Joseph didn't know everything that was going on, but they were also receptive and willing to see what God had to say to them. We're wrapping up 2023 here. I don't know about you, there's been some hard stuff that's happened in 2023 for me and our family. There's also been a lot of good. God has been so gracious and good and merciful to us. And so maybe today can be a day that you look back and you say, Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you for all the things you did in 2023. All the things that you saw me and our family through. Today is a day of reflection, the last day of the year. Let's do a recap, God. Let's look for a moment to be thankful and worshipful. That's how Simeon was. It was that every year wasn't the answer yes. He might have ended the last day of the year with God saying, not yet, Simeon. Not yet, it's not time. And you may have some current struggles going on. Maybe it's sin struggles. Maybe it's a longing to see a child or a friend come to salvation in the Lord. It may be something else that you're longing for. Would you take today to lay those at the feet of Jesus Christ? Saying, Lord, I'm helpless in this. I don't know where to go, but I know that you are all powerful, you are sovereign, and you are in control. And I'm going to trust in you. Lord, you are always faithful, even when I am not. So maybe there's some things that you can lay at the feet of Jesus here today. 
And we have an awesome opportunity to look forward to 2024. I don't know what you read, I don't know who you listen to, but there's no expert that can tell you exactly what's gonna happen in 2024, okay? We don't know the circumstances we will face individually, as families, as a nation, in this world. God alone knows that. And God alone is in control of all of that. So in spite of whatever circumstances we may face or challenges that may come up, would you commit in 2024 to say, Lord, I want you to get all my worship. Maybe that's your New Year's resolution. If you don't like calling it a resolution, maybe that's your commitment before the Lord. Lord, I wanna commit to you today. As I wrap up this year, I know I haven't been perfect in 2023, but I wanna live for you. I want you to get all my worship in 2024, no matter what may come. I wanna have the heart and life like Simeon here. You know, there's a couple of different opportunities Pastor Tim mentioned that we're gonna be going through the book of Luke starting tomorrow leading up till Easter. If you're like, I don't know, hey, I'm new to this. This is the first time I came to this church. I have no clue who you are, that's fine. But jump in with us, read through the book of Luke with us as we lead up till Easter. And you'll find out who Jesus Christ is and who he says he is and the hope that you can have in him. Maybe God is laying something else on your heart here today that it's like, I I really want you to hand this over to me. I really want you to trust me with this. I'm worthy to be trusted. I will always answer my promises that I give 100% in my timing. Well, I wanna put into practice something, uh, a tip that I gave you earlier. Let's go talk to God about it. I wanna give you some time to hand some things to God yourself as we engage in a little bit of prayer time to end our service. Would you pray with me?